dead from all the World Series tweeting last night? Like, is that where we're at? Uh, I don't know what's happening. I actually call it from my home phone because, uh, yeah, it says I'm roaming when I'm in my house. So I, I don't, I don't know. I couldn't get through it. And when I did get through, I lost you. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was weird. I was like, all right, well, there he is. So, all right. Mark Allen's here from Eastern Maine Sports. It's the electric excitement still generating off your body from the Red Sox World Series. Yeah. Man. That's it must it be is. like. It's throwing everything off. You know, Mark, when I first met you virtually, um, you were a long-suffering Red Sox fan uh, who had never seen a World Series, and now you've seen four in, in 15 years. Yeah, a once-in-a-lifetime, what, what once was a once-in-a-lifetime thing, my 13-year-old has seen three, and my six-year-old has seen two. So, uh, and it took me 31 years to see one. So, <laughs> so, so uh, you know, and my mother, you know, a long time season ticket holder, never, never saw one before she passed. So, you know, it's definitely a new generation. I, I think th- these millennials are kind of spoiled, you know, the, the way they act, you know, I, you know, like, like it's going to happen again next year. Hey, it might, but I, I definitely don't take it for granted and don't, don't expect it. Talking with Mark Callan from Eastern Maine Sports. You, you agree with Steve Pierce as the MVP, or do you think it should have been David Price, or... MVPs, but you know, one could get the trophy, one could get the truck. But I guess, I guess <laughs> Steve Pierce deserves the truck. Yeah. Damn it, I don't. Oh, he sure does. D- David Price can go buy his own. You know, yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. He's got. He's definitely got a bigger contract. And uh, but no, it's uh, a uh, one through twenty-four contributors. Notice I said twenty-four because Brandon Workman and Drew Pomeris really didn't c- contribute. But other than that, one through twenty-four contributed probably more than any team I've ever ever seen. So yeah. you know, that could have been. I mean. Evaldi stepped up in a losing effort. You know, they, they had a lot of guys step up. Mitch Moreland, big, big pitch yet. You know, I mean, pretty good when J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts, and Chris Sale really didn't give them much of anything, and they still only lost three games the whole postseason. You know, that is a – Wing was talking about that earlier, and when you go back and look at this, that to me is the absolute scariest part of this team. Now, even though this team is not going to come back as constituted this year, you can probably roll back most of these guys. You know, I – I think someone's going to replace Kimbrel, okay, and that's you know that's going to happen. You're not going to have a Pomeranz, a rough loss there. You know, you're still going to be paying on on Pablo and Ruzny, but you know there's still other guys that can come in, and, and whether people are traded for or whatever, or whether they're developed or whether they're internal options, it doesn't really matter. But they're going to be able to run back most of this team last uh, for uh, next year, and a lot of this team didn't hit that great in the postseason, and they still. All the postseason games they played, they only lost three games. They never lost back-to-back games in the playoffs. It was crazy to me. Yeah, and it took the Dodgers all night just to win one game. It, it took. It <laughs> took. They had to play two games to beat them in one game, and Ian Kinsler had to Tim Tuffle uh, the ball at second base to to freaking. Uh, oh, they don't win at all. Or they don't right. win at all. Like sweep. they could have been swept. Like, and that that to me says a lot. And I, I hope a lot of teams, I hope a lot of managers, cough, Aaron Boone, looked at the way Alex Cora manages series. You have to go for the jugular, okay? You have to go for it when you are in the playoffs. You have to treat the playoffs like it is, you know, win now or go home. Whether it's it's two, whether you're down 2 nothing, 2-1, doesn't matter. you got to treat that like that. And you deal with the fallout tomorrow. Because a lot of people, I had a, a friend of mine came over on on Saturday after after the game after the game three and he said boy he goes could that kinsler error be like you know could that be a in the air in the in the bucky dent and the buckners he's like they've left the door open and i'm like normally i'd say yes but i said with this red sox team i don't see any but if they if it comes back on them you know it does but 
the next night, Red Sox come out, even down 4 nothing. you know, look listless, bang, they come back. I watched it all year. Like, I don't know how many times I saw leads this year. Oh, early lead. Oh, Baltimore leads 5 to nothing. in the three or four times I think they might have taken a lead. No, nope. Red Sox would win 11-5, 27-2, whatever, you know, whatever it would be. Like, there was no quit in this team. This is the greatest Red Sox team I've ever witnessed. I, I think this team is, is, boy, will you compare it to 2004? I'd really like to get the time machine together and get these two teams on the field because it would be an interesting matchup because I, between the two of them, it's tough to pick one. I, I think I'd have to pick 2004 because the era at the time was a little better for baseball, but 119 wins in a World Series, won 108 in the regular season. This team is even better, you know, if you look at it. The 86 Mets won 108 games, and they got pushed to, to six games against the Astros, should have been seven, and seven games against the Red Sox. You know, I don't think I've ever seen as dominant a baseball performance in this season as the Red Sox, and yet most of the media was totally negative about it all year, and fan interest wasn't it wasn't getting there up until, you know, Jan- July, J- uh, February, what, uh, July-ish, I think, is when people started to finally get excited about it. Like, it took a while for people to warm up to this team, and I still think there are some that that really had a tough time believing them, believing in them, which I find oh, amazing. Oh, it, it, even going into the playoffs, it was, you know, gotta, and, and, and they did. They had to show show people, but it was, you know, he went and hurt eight, eight games, and that's just not by accident. I mean, you know, I don't, I, I would actually... I think this is the best Red Sox team ever. I think 2004 is obviously the most important, you know. But but I think this this is the the best. I mean, you you do what they did, and and two two 100 win teams. They, they, it's not like they took care of it was a bad playoff field in the American League either, you know. And no. he, you know, and and you're right about Cora. He went for it. even the, that Yankee series, put in a sale. He wasn't worried about Game Five. You 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 worry about Game Four and and you know see what happens and, and go for it. And he did. He did that against Houston. I I heard people complaining that. You know, he was using Pusillo's in the relief because he maybe wasn't as fresh as fast. Who cares? You put your best guy in the eighth inning and, and you know, you um, worry about his stat when it happens and take him out early if you need to. But, you know, Pusillo and Evaldi, what they did, and, and Bossy Price being available every day, and, you know, even Sale coming in the bullpen a couple of times he did, it's just, it, it's a testimony to how they feel about Alex Cora, too. I mean, and, and all the team. I, as a team, and I post this on Facebook, they're the best. You know, as a team, they're, they're, I don't think I've seen many like this in professional sports, really. They seem to just care about each other and the manager and, you know, every, everybody else. You know, I, it's most joy I've had following, following a sports team, that's for sure. Talk with Mark Callender from Eastern Maine Sports. You know, we were talking about uh, David Price. Uh, the media doesn't like him. The fan base hates him and so on and so forth. His teammates love him. And... What they all said afterwards when, when Ivaldi pitched, what was it, eight innings or whatever in the 18-inning game, they said afterwards he had already pitched. He'd been up in the bullpen a couple of times. He was exhausted. And they said Price wouldn't leave his side. He he sat with him next to his locker. He he made sure he got everything onto the bus. I mean, he took him under his wing and spent the entire time from after the game until he got to his hotel room and in bed. It wouldn't leave him, you know. Wouldn't leave him, and you should have tucked him in too. Yeah, well, you know, but I mean, that's a testament to, like you said, how much they care about each other. And it was apparent when they were interviewing people afterwards. People say stupid, ridiculous thing. This was much more of a, a measured talking about each other as much as talking about themselves. It was was pretty nice. It was, and another thing too. I've never seen this before, but both the Houston series and this series, 
they actually waited for everybody, including Core, to get in there, and until they, until they, they waited to Core got in there, and then they, then they popped the champagne. Usually, they're just, you know, as soon as they get in there, they're yeah. opening it and squirting that all over the place. Yeah. But you know, they, they wanted to wait, wait for their manager and be part of that when they first started. So I, I again, uh, it's just an amazing team. And I, you're right, Maddie. I don't, I mean, obviously it's hard to repeat, and I'm not saying they're going to, but. They're not going to be down too much, and they got they got the same manager. So you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think that's uh, that's going to be the key again. And and I, I just, I mean, I don't want to look ahead to next next year. I'm still I'm still joyful from this, but it's just you're right. They got pretty much everybody back. Maybe not Kim, and obviously Kelly's a big one to sign too. Wow, a good thing he made the playoff roster, huh? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. What, now, what's your Kimbrel's been in the league seven years? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts about like? Do you? I heard a lot of the amateur GMs over the weekend say, we just resign Kelly and make him the closer. Would you, would you be open for that? Do you trust Joe Kelly to be your closer next year? Well, I mean, I, I not really. I, but, I mean, the, way he, <laughs> the way he came through in the biggest spots, though, obviously the pressure's not going to get to him. Right, you know, yeah. He can come through in those spots, but I think they have options. I, I think, I mean, obviously signing Evaldi is a big one. I, he, he's going to be obviously key, key somewhere if they can re-sign him, and he, he's an option, too, um, for closer ryan brazier i was saying ryan brazier but you know i think probably of all day or kelly might be better option or they, or they could go outside the organization i i don't think it's out of the question they bring kimbrough back but they're not going to overpay for i mean pay what more than what they think a closer should get they're not going to break you know go kind of like the patriots they're going to go outside of what they think he should be paid so we'll see if kimbrough accepts that or he could definitely get more money elsewhere i think but I, they, they have internal options and uh i i they could, that I know this closes is available in the free agent market too, uh, elsewhere too. So you know, I, 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 my first instinct would be say no about Joe Kelly, but then you think about it and see what he did in all these pressure spots and the you know, I, if he fails, it's not going to be because of pressure. You know, you know what I mean? It might be because he's off or whatever. He really only had two bad months. I, they were really bad, but the rest of the year he he did really well. So. Um, I don't know. After this, I have confidence in uh, Dabrowski and Cora, <laughs> you know, and, and just, uh, um, you know, everybody, like, Red Sox didn't do anything. Well, Dabrowski brought in Pierce and Nivalde. Those are probably the best, two, two of the best pickups in July. Yeah, when they when they picked up Pierce, Maddie said, you wait, you guys are going to love that pickup. He wasn't as high on Nivalde because he'd seen him pitch in New York and it just didn't work, but he said two surgeries since then, so... Uh, yeah, those guys were the best pickups of anybody we thought out, of the teams picked out, up great guys. It but. worked out perfectly, and what they did with Yavaldi was they used him in the right manner. They let him get comfortable. He got comfortable. There's two things I, I, I do want to see with this team. Like, you know, I, I, I want to see them bounce back. I want to see them be healthy. And the other thing I want to see is, is you know, have these guys, um, have these guys uh, uh, not – Come back next year, like a lot of these, a lot of these pitchers always end up coming back the year after, you know, and they're on the and they're on the disabled list in April. If you can, if you can avoid the April May swoon that yeah. usually comes sure. with these post World Series winners, there's absolutely no reason you can't be at the top of the American League East this year. Because I honestly have no, I have no faith that the New York Yankees are going to make the right move. Like back in the old days, I would totally be like, okay, this is great. They're going to come in. Nice. And yeah. and they're gonna you know they're gonna rebuild. Well, the last three times that the Red Sox won the World Series, the Yankees did nothing great, 
You know, they traded for old. So some of the some of the moves that they've done in the past for this uh, sign old and Randy Johnson in 2005 trade for old Randy Johnson, in 2005. That worked out great for everybody. That was when the photographer was told to get out of his face. That worked out swimmingly. Uh, 2007 into 2008, they didn't really do anything. 2014, in response to the 2013 Red Sox, they signed Jacoby Ellsbury. Hey, boy. Brian McCann and Carlos Beltran. Wow. And you know who's going to be this year. Oh, you got Harper, you got Machado. He's going to be Machado. I want nothing to do with Machado. I, you no, know, at I, the time, I did because, like, I thought he's the type of guy, like, I think this Yankees team needs an a-hole. You know what I mean? Like, I think oh, every team, the guy. every team needs that guy. I think, I think for the Red Sox, it's, it's sale. You know what I mean? I think, sa- yes, you could go with sale. You could go with Kelly, you know, either one of those guys. Um, I think you need that to win. If you don't have that, I don't, I don't think you're going to win. You need Marcus Smart, as you just mentioned, or you need a, uh, Maybe not quite to the extreme of Brad Marchand, but you need those guys. You need those guys to win. You need those guys to to piss the other team off. And you know, at first I was like, yeah, I'd be okay with Machado. But after after seeing all the crap that he does, like, at what point next year does Machado get suspended for thirty games for doing something dumb on the field? And I can't trust that Aaron Boone's going to keep him in line. No. You know, well, the stepping on people's Achilles and, would be enough for me. Come, how come he's the only one who has trouble with a first baseman's foot? Yeah, I, just, I, I mean, people run down to first base all the time, and he's the only one that has that problem. And he doesn't even run hard, so it should be pretty easy to miss it. I don't understand. Well, him and Steve Pierce were almost best friends, too. Who, who was it that posted the... <laughs> you know what they have for softball? They have the two bases. <laughs> who was it that posted, this is what they need for Machado, the, the, the orange base out in foul territory so he can run yeah, to that? Softball? Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, because I, I never seen anything like that, but I, yeah, I hope I don't think they will. But I don't think I obviously don't want that guy on the Red Sox, and I don't think they would because they got plenty of people as it is. And uh, you know, you don't think the Yankees going to get him? No, I think they will. Unfortunately, I'd rather see them get Harper. And a lot of people are like, "What do you want, Harper? You need lefties in that ballpark. That whole ballpark was built for lefties, and you want to go righty dominant? Like what? And I don't, I, I don't." I also don't see him like uh, I, I don't see Luke Voigt being anything more than a flash in the pan. Like I don't I think he was I think he's going to be a one year Shane Spencer. You know I could see Greg Bird getting traded. Like Greg Bird being being injured and just just fail. Honestly, Greg Bird failing to launch I think hurt that team as much as anybody this year yeah. because you didn't have that lefty guy and they never went out and got that lefty guy. Yeah. And like I said, even if you'd put the right players on that roster, I don't trust that Aaron Boone would have put them in the position to win. Hey, Mark, I, agree, I, I agree with you, but you got to think too. Uh, a lot of years they would have had. I mean, they most time, most years you don't have a team like the Red Sox to you know, the 2018 Red Sox to play against. You know, and I I think that was a lot of it too. I I you know what I do. Uh, the the Red Sox were a better team. They were they were you know they were a better team from top to bottom from from the organization for all of it. You know what not I mean? Not individual like, players, just no, as a team. I. I you know, individual players, I think it's even. But I think in terms of, like, this year's organization from the 40-man roster up into the organization, the Red Sox did a, a, a much, a much better job this year with, with everything, and it was pretty clear. I also think if this was a typical year around Major League Baseball when you didn't have, what, there were three or four 100-loss teams this year. I think when you don't have all of I, – I, I almost want to – and this isn't to degrade the Red Sox World Series at all, like – because they won 108 games, and the Yankees won 100 games. But when I look at those two teams, this year's Yankees team was not 
any better. In fact, I think it was worse than last year's team that won 90-something games and, and made it to Game 7 of the ALCS. I thought last year's competition that both teams played was a little bit higher. You know, I don't think you had so many gimme games against the Orioles. You didn't have so many gimme games against, like, the Tigers and teams like that. And I think that helps. But I think one thing that, to, I think that kind of skews that a little bit. So I think the, I think if this was a normal year, like, like a regular year where, you know, you've got your one or two bad teams and then you've got your other ones that aren't tanking, your ones that are trying to compete, you know, I, I still think 105, 102, 103 wins for the Red Sox and probably like 95 for the Yankees, 94. Yeah, they were, they were good, but. They definitely weren't good enough, and there was a huge gap at the end of the day between those two teams, whether you can put it on the manager, whether you can put it on the pitching staff, whether you can put it on the bullpen, where you can put it on the coaching, whether you can put it on the general managers, whatever it is. There's a huge gap. There's a huge gap that needs to be made up, and it's really weird. In my time, I have witnessed the Patriots go from league laughingstock to the premier franchise in football. I've watched the Celtics rebuild themselves. I've watched the Bruins rebuild themselves. But watching the swap between the Red Sox being the champion and the Yankees having to chase them has been absolutely the most stunning thing that I've seen because at every turn in the last 15 years, the Red Sox are making the right moves and the Yankees aren't. Yeah, so it's I, just swinging. Right, and I started with Dobrowski naming Cora as manager. Do you, your mm-hmm. opinion, Matty, do you think... Uh, think the results would have been reversed if Cora was uh, in New York and Boone was in Boston? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's two things that, that Cora had, okay? There's two things that Cora had that they didn't have um, uh, with Boone. One, Cora had the one year of experience as a bench coach with the Astros last year. And I can't tell you how invaluable that probably was. I mean, I think you saw it in the playoffs. He knew how to manage in the modern-day Major League Baseball playoffs. It wasn't just like um, it wasn't just like the Cubs Indians game seven a couple of years ago, right? Or game even game six and game seven, you know the the craziness. He knew how to manage it every single game. He managed every single game like that, and he has an experienced bench coach that he can run things by, who sees things. The Yankees hired Josh Bard, who'd never he'd never been a bench coach before. So you hire a guy straight out of the TV booth that was working with Jessica Mendoza last year and is really good at mimicking other people's batting stances. You partner him up with a bench coach that has no experience. And then on the other side, you have Alex Cora, who has a year as a bench coach for the World Series champions and has an experienced bench coach. That to me is the, that to me was the biggest difference this year. I think if you do those two things and flip-flop that around, yeah, I think you've got a whole lot of pissed-off Red Sox fans today because Yankees fans would be celebrating their World Series. Well, glad that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys are glad. And, and right now, like, you know, a lot of people said this is all in for the Red Sox this year. This is their one year. I think they can come back next year and win it as, as long as they can stay healthy and they make the right moves to fill the roster. And you can trust that David Dombrowski is going to make the right in-season in acquisitions. You know, right. I don't... I, I don't see right now, uh, you know, there's a there's a big gap between the Yankees and the Red Sox. It's about, mm, let's see, I think the Reds, the Yankees won 103 games this year and uh, four, four, like I think it was 119 games that the, that the, that the Red Sox won or what? Yeah, it's 119 to 103. There's a 16 game gap b- between those two teams right now that's got to be closed. And uh, it's going to take a lot more than, you know, 
trading for Giancarlo Stanton or doing whatever the hell else it is that you're planning on doing to make up that gap, and I don't know if it can be done. So, yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's different than after 2013. I, I after that season, I thought, you know, okay, that was great, but next year it won't they won't be that close. I didn't think they'd finish last, but I didn't, you know, I didn't think they'd be that close next year. Going into next year, I'm confident they'll at least be near the top of the division and right back, right back in the middle of the playoff, you know, pitcher. So um, it is a totally different feeling with the young core that the Sox have. Mark Allen from Eastern Maine Sports. Uh, before I let you out of here, Mark, uh, what do we got for coverage this week, uh, high school wise? I know some field hockey stuff, uh, some, uh, soccer stuff. But field hockey stuff was moved this week. Soccer got moved around for weather, um, and of course, uh, high school football playoffs week two this week. Yeah, um, Fox Rough Washington Academy, uh, Mountain Cook Bucksport. Those are the, you know big ones around here. I want to say Washington Academy, Herman, uh, Herman, and uh, Nokomis first playoff wins for all those programs and. Uh, uh, amazing job, and you know I expect uh, Herman and Nicomas to, you know Nicomas and MCI to be a heck of a game this week, and, and Herman and Winslow to be a heck of a game. So, so um, a lot of big ones, and that, quite a quite a job by those programs to get their first uh, ever playoff wins. Mark Callender from Eastern Maine Sports. You can find them online easternmainsports.com or make sure you like them on Facebook and catch up to date on their podcasts as well as you get a nice uh, high school podcast going up with the legend Bob Beetham uh, about this past week in high school football. Uh, find that all easternmainsports.com. Yeah, yeah, hopefully, Matty, you can join me sometime. I think that'll happen at some point. We we should probably discuss maybe putting those together and maybe sneaking those on on uh, on our radio station at some point too. Well, yeah, we'll, that, that would be awesome. We'll have some we'll have some discussions. I, I need to come up to the northern part of the state anyway, so I I'm thinking I need some Moe's wings or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Sure, all right, man. Good. We'll see you soon. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you. Mark Callan from Eastern Maine Sports here on the B-List. Well, I got through that show. Now, the good news is tomorrow we'll have Patriots to talk about. Mike Dusso from Pat's Propaganda will be here. Browns fired. Hugh Jackson was fired by the Cleveland Bounds, by the way. I totally forgot to mention that. Wow. So that's a wrap on Hugh Jackson. So now Kyle Shanahan really is the worst head football coach in the National Football League. Wow. Just want to throw that out there. Just want to throw that out there. Patriots Bills tonight, 815 kickoff on ESPN. Unbelievable. And uh, Wang will be at the uh, Duck Boat Parade on Wednesday. I'll have a report. With Palmer. With Palmer, right. God help us. It's a B-List Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR Radio Network. Travis Barrett, Cal Oaks, and Mike Dusso tomorrow.